I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me once again to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, where Luke, who wrote both the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, writes. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for the privilege of studying it together. And now as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. For the last several weeks, we've been going through Luke's gospel where he shares and in the book of Acts that that Jesus spent 40 days, 40 days, that's almost six weeks with the disciples after the time of the resurrection leading up to the ascension. So many times when we think about Jesus dying on the cross, rising again, ascending into heaven, it, it just seems like that all happened like just in a few days, Jesus rose and then goes right to heaven. Six weeks that he spends really trying to coach the church because Pentecost is coming. About a week after Jesus ascends, the Holy Spirit will breathe upon the church at Pentecost and birth the church. Jesus is trying to make sure, are you ready to be the church? So Luke told us in Luke 24, verses 44 and 45, that Jesus spent the time teaching them about the law, the Torah the first five books of the Bible. It means instruction, much deeper than the 613 commands, but the instructions about how to be a covenant people. What does it mean to be a covenant people? The prophets, the Nevi'im. What does it mean to hear the word of the Lord, to be reminded of the covenant that's given to us in the Torah and the Psalms? the songs of faith, the prayers of the people of God. So over the last few weeks, we've looked at the Torah, we've looked at the prophets, we've looked at the Psalms. Luke also tells us, though, today, when we read the Scripture in Acts, that in that 40 days, he talked to them about the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be part of the kingdom of God? It must be important in the Gospels, the kingdom of God is mentioned around 125, 126, depends on the, the exact translation that you have, but 125 plus or minus times. That's a lot. It must have been significant. Actually, it was at the heart of John the Baptist preaching when he's preparing the way for Jesus. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 1, he says, In those days John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And it's the heart of Jesus preaching when he begins. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, From that time Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. 
And look at the Beatitudes. We love the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. When you read the Sermon on the Mount, listen to the number of times Jesus will talk about the kingdom. The very first Beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And in the Sermon on the Mount, we learn the prayer that we pray each week, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. And if you look at verse 9, pray then in this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Staying in the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 6, skipping on down around verse 33, Jesus will say again, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And then I love the scripture where people are bringing small children to see Jesus, and some of the disciples stop them, and Jesus sees what's going on. Mark says he became indignant. But we hear Jesus say in Matthew 19, 14, Let the little children come to me, and do not stop them, for to such as these the kingdom of heaven belongs. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, interchangeable phrases for the same thing, but it's throughout the scripture. Listen to the parables that Jesus tells. Many of them will begin with the kingdom of heaven is likened unto. Kingdom of heaven is like this. And Jesus describes it. The teachings, he's constantly teaching about the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be part of the kingdom of God? What does it mean to be the people who are in the kingdom of God? It was central to Jesus' teaching. And now, Jesus has 40 days. As I read that scripture, I'm just reminded that it's almost like Jesus goes, I've got almost a six-week intensive to make sure the church is ready to be the church. He spent time talking to them about the Torah, the law, the prophets, the Psalms, the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be the kingdom of God? The Greek word is basileia, and it means the royalty or reign or realm. The royalty of God. God is king. King of kings. Lord of lords. The reign of God means the authority of God. And what is the authority or rule of God in our lives? And the realm, well, that means of all places, over all creation, that, that God's kingdom is for all people, all places throughout our world. It's important to Jesus. It's the thing he talks about at the beginning. It's what he preaches on the Sermon on the Mount. It's what he preaches throughout his ministry. And when he has 40 days, Luke tells us he taught about the kingdom of God. But you have to go back to kind of connect it all together. And I think that's why Jesus spent time going, let's go back to the Torah. Let's go back to the covenant. God had made a covenant with Abraham. He said in Genesis 17, verse 7, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you 
and to your offspring after you. And then the prophets, as Jesus taught the prophets, Jeremiah reminds of the covenant, but also points to the new covenant. So Jeremiah looks back. Here was the covenant with Abraham forward, and God's going to do a new covenant. Jeremiah 31, 33. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them. I'll write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. In other words, they'll be part of my kingdom. God's desire for Israel, when you read the Old Testament, was that the people of God would be a theocracy. Theo meaning God, and a theocracy is a rule of God. So we talk about the kingdom with the reign of, rule of. A theocracy is the rule of God. God's kingdom, where God is the king and God's people transcend geographical boundaries, but become part of God's kingdom. But people wanted an earthly king. They wanted a geographical king. They could look over and see they have a king and they have a king. We all want a king. And things start turning when they shift from the king of kings to a human king. Jesus is trying to teach the disciples, trying to teach the church throughout his entire ministry that the kingdom of God transcends geography. It transcends all of the earthly kingdoms and the worldly kingdoms. It is worship of God and being part of the family of God. As a matter of fact, I'm reminded when Satan tries to tempt Jesus right after the baptism. If you look over in Luke chapter 4, for example, when Jesus is taken out into the wilderness, the second temptation is this. Luke 4, verse 5. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. Now catch the temptation. The temptation is, look at all these kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it's been given over to me, and I'll give it to anyone I please. Although that's untrue. If then you will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Do you catch that? The temptation that was given to Jesus at the beginning was, look at the kingdoms of the world and I can give you this. And Jesus said, but my call transcends that. My call transcends to worship the Lord your God and serve only Him because I'm part of a bigger kingdom. This is not my kingdom. This is not what I'm about. It's not about power on earth and it's not about prestige on earth and status on earth. I'm part of a bigger kingdom, the kingdom that we are called to be a part of. The kingdom of God transcends and yet the same temptation that was given to Jesus is the temptation that's given to us. How can we be part of the kingdom of this world? How can I have authority here and power here and prestige here and glory here? Now Jesus is teaching something different. He knew that the temptation for us would be the same temptation that Satan tried to give to him. Be caught up in the kingdoms of the world 
instead of the kingdom of God. So Jesus taught kingdom of God, a kingdom that is now and a kingdom that will fully come upon Jesus' return. Jesus taught how do we become part of this kingdom. Well, I'm reminded of John chapter 3. It's that scripture where we have John 3.16, which most of us know by heart. We can quote the for God so loved the world. But, but it's actually the story of a leader of the Pharisees by the name of Nicodemus who comes up to Jesus at night. He comes at night because he's a leader of the religious group that's trying to persecute Jesus. But he sees God doing something in Jesus. He knows this Jesus is from God. So he comes up to him and he, he says to him, Rabbi, we know that you come from God. Nobody can do the things you do unless God is with you. And I love this. Jesus answers him and says in verse 3, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above, without being born again. And Nicodemus scratches his head a little bit. And he goes, now how can this be? I'm, a, I'm an older guy. How can I be born again? I mean, how, how do I go back to my mother's womb and be born? I, I don't understand. And Jesus then answers again in verse 5, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. You have to be born again into the kingdom of God. Jesus then will go on to say in John three sixteen, You see, for God so loved the world, so loved you, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would never perish but have everlasting life. And I love verse 17, which says, Indeed, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but rather that the world through him might be saved. How do you become part of this kingdom of God that Jesus is teaching? And that is to recognize what God has done. We're in this season of Easter and after the resurrection as Jesus is connecting the dots, he says, do you not see that, that God himself, I have come down from the kingdom of God, from the fullness of the kingdom of heaven to, to be among you so that you can experience the kingdom of God, died that you might be forgiven, rose that you might have life. And to be part of the kingdom, you enter a relationship with me. The way you become part of the kingdom of God is entering into a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, accepting Jesus as your own personal Savior, and not only as your Savior, but as your Lord. See, to be part of the kingdom of God is to acknowledge that there is a King of kings and a Lord of lords, who's part of that kingdom, and we offer ourselves to be part of that. And then Jesus spends incredible time letting us know what does it look like then? How do we act and behave? And what does the church do and the people of God do when you are part of the kingdom of God? And so you might remember then from Mark chapter 12, when the scribes hear Jesus talking they ask a question about the great commandment. Mark 12, verse 28. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, he asked, Which commandment is first of all? And Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, 
The Lord our God is one, the Lord alone. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. For you've truly said that he is one, and besides him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, this is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now listen to Jesus' response to the scribe. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. Wow. So when we get to where we understand what it means to love God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and our minds, truly love God and receive Him as our Savior, as our Lord, and worship Him as Savior and as Lord and King of our lives. And when we learn what it means to love our neighbor and to see that our neighbor, as Jesus will teach in parables, that our neighbor is not people who just look like us or live near us, but all of God's people, all of God's children, all people, no matter who they are, where they are, are God's beloved, and we learn to love as Jesus loves, then, then you get a taste of the kingdom of God. If we want to get a taste of the kingdom of God in our world today, it's when we learn to love God, really love God, worship God, make Him Lord of our lives, and when we learn to love one another and treat one another like we love one another. Tom Long, great biblical scholar and preacher in his commentary on Matthew says, The road to the kingdom has beautiful scenery, peace, joy, hope, forgiveness. But the road itself is long, hard, and rough. It's not easy always to be part of the kingdom, to transcend something that's all around us, and to deal with the temptations of Satan to tell us that it's the kingdoms of the earth, it's the kingdoms of the world, it's, it's the kingdoms of our own identities. That's what's important. We are called to transcend that. We're called to be the church. The kingdom of God is royalty, reign, and realm. To recognize that Jesus is King of Kings. I love the book of Revelation. It's one of those books that is so often misinterpreted. And therefore, for many of us, we just shy away from it. But there's a beautiful scene in Revelation 19, 16, where Jesus appears. And John says, and on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name inscribed, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. To be part of the kingdom of God, recognizing who Jesus is as King of kings, the royalty, the awe of God, the reign that He's our Savior and our Lord. There, there are many of us, we want to be part of the kingdom of God, but we really just want Jesus as Savior. All I want to know is I'm forgiven. All I want to know is that I'll have eternal life. But to be part of the kingdom of God it is to have Jesus not only as Savior, but also as Lord. 
To know that I'm called to be a part of a different kingdom, that my values are different, my faith is different, my life is different, my morals are different. Why? Because Jesus Christ is my king. And I am part of a kingdom that transcends what the world has called. And realm is over all creation, and that includes over our hearts. We're kingdom people. We are called by God to to transcend, to be called above. It's one of the challenging that even in the life of the church to, to recognize that we're called out, we're called to transcend, we're called to transform, not to get sucked in. And so often it's easy for us to get drawn into the temptations of Satan whispering in our ear, you can have this. Or to hear the lure of the temptations. It's easier here. We are called to be Christian. Born again, as Jesus said to Nicodemus, born anew by God's Spirit, made new creation by God's grace. And we're called to be the church, called to a, a higher life, a, a higher standard. To, we're called to transform the world, not be transformed by it. So we're called to love God, worship the Lord your God, and serve only Him. We're called to love one another, to, to represent God and, and the grace of God in our world around us, to reach out as the hands and feet, loving our neighbor as God would love others so that they too can experience the love and grace of a God who so loved them he would die and rise for them. Jesus goes, I've got 40 days to make sure you get this. 40 days. Not just to make sure, can you quote the Torah? Can you name the prophets? Do you know Psalms by heart? But are you part of the kingdom of God? Are you a part of something bigger, something greater that can change your life because you can be born anew and you can be a part of a kingdom that transcends the stuff. When I read the papers, watch the news, go online, see what's happening, I need to be part of something that transcends. Hear the good news. Jesus invites you to be part of the kingdom of God. So he spent 40 days, Luke said, Speaking about the kingdom of God, so we join together as the church and we pray, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're called to be different. The kingdom of which we are a part is the kingdom of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Will you pray with me? God, Satan loves to hop up on our shoulders just like he did with Jesus and tell us, isn't the world enticing? And I can give you this. We hear the temptations, we feel the draws, and so many times rather than transcending, we get sucked into the muck and the mire that's around us. 
God, we pray that you would remind us of who we are as Christians that we are called into a relationship with you, a covenant that you will be our God, we'll be your people. And God, you, you showed us the new covenant by offering your only begotten Son, our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, who himself said, and this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. You invite us to be born anew by your blood, your love, your grace and to be part of a greater kingdom. And God, your world today is hungry for a king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And may we be faithful as your church and point to your kingdom, loving you with all of our heart, soul, strength, and our minds loving our neighbors, all of our neighbors, as we love ourselves. And God, help us, we pray, to not be far from the kingdom of God, but to experience it, to experience a taste of it, and to be agents of your grace, sharing it. In your world, we pray. In the name of Jesus, who is the Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Amen.